What up, everybody? My name is Michael. You guys all know me, and if you do not know me, I get the honor of serving as a youth pastor here. And we are jumping right into a new series, and I just want to uh, go straight into that, okay? And I want to share by um, starting off by talking a little bit about my life and a little bit about who I am. So I grew up playing hockey, and how many of you guys love winning things? It's an awesome feeling, right? But how many of you guys loving winning things back to back to back? Just, just think of that kind of reality. We are people who love being the best of the best. When you think of our reality, we just love consistency, those kinds of things. And how many of you guys have Snapchats? How many of you guys know in Snapchat what we do is we try to have a, a snap streak, right? We want to be the best of the best. We want to go to 155 days straight. We love accomplishing things. I'm a man who loves to accomplish things. And so we have just become people who love winning streaks, right? People who get excited about winning streaks and snap streaks. But regardless of what type of streak it is, I think we could all agree that there is something exciting about being able to accomplish something consistently. Just something consistently over time and just over and over and over again. This is what keeping the streak is all about. This is what consistency is all about. So we're going to be talking about consistency and some things in our life that we can keep and do better at being consistent in. You know, I think that Jesus is probably a fan of keeping streaks. How many of you guys would agree? I think Jesus is the ultimate streak setter. I think he's the ultimate man of consistency. Yes, he is known as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. All of that, but I also think that Jesus is the king of consistency. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you. I don't know if, if you get more consistent in being the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Jesus. That's who he is. That's his nature. There's nothing that's going to change about him. Uh, he is the same in the biblical, like, Old Testament, Old Testament times, Noah, Abraham, as he is in the New Testament times with the disciples, as he is today with our lives. You know, we live in a world that seems to constantly change. Nothing ever seems to stay the same. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that change is great, and I think that there are times where we need change, and, and those things in our lives um, Possibly, what I would say is this, but I believe in a lot of ways that we have forgotten how to practice consistency. As though change is good and, and things should change in our lives, whether it's good or bad, we have forgot about the practices of consistency. And I love people like uh, Michael Jordan and all the greatest athletes of all time. They understood going back to the basics they understood simplicity in, in their craft and going to those moments. And, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go back to the simplicity of our faith, simplicity of walking with Jesus. Um, and what are some consistent things that you guys would talk about that you love doing? Consistently hanging out with your friends, that's probably one. Consistently uh, doing your homework and turning it in on time is probably another. Consistently... Uh, Reading, yes, that's a good one. Well, here's what I would say. I would say that consistency is crucial to becoming who Christ created us to be. So we have all these things in life that we could be consistent with, but 
And in order to fully be able to walk in that manner, to, to, to step in that place, consistency is crucial to becoming who Christ created us to be. And so here are some things, three things that we can be consistent in in our walk with Jesus. And the first one I'm going to uh, do is say is the Word. The Word of God. Reading the Bible Going after the scriptures, learning about what God says about certain things. We have questions about what God says about ourselves. It's in the Bible. We have questions about what God thinks about the world. It's in the Bible. The word is something that we must meditate on daily. And the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So meditating on it day and night. I'm not asking you to go in your closet and just, just that's it. Just you and the Bible. That's it. Only. All the time. 24-7. But the reality of day and night means that you are actively reading it for one, but two, implementing it and doing good things with it and, and understanding what God has to say about life. The Bible says this, it says, Your word is the lamp for my feet, a light on my path. In Psalms 119, verse 105, in simplicity that means the Bible really does guide us. It, 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 it lights our feet. You know, the way a flashlight would um, light the pathways, the same way that the word of God can give you instruction for your daily life. And lastly, sanctify them by truth. Your word is the truth. So if you're wondering if it's false, it's not in the Bible. Uh, the word is the truth of God. The word declares life into our hearts. And so when you go after the truth of God, you understand that his word is truth, and that's where we find all the answers. So we must become people who love the word of God. I love the Word of God because when I need something, it allows me to go straight to a book and, and find the resources. There's In the back of the, your Bible, there's table of contents, there's things you can go on the internet, uh, look up verses about faith, verses about fear. There's devotionals out there that will ultimately give you everything to know about fear in your Bible. The second thing we must hold on to in consistency is something that we do here pretty often at Central Youth. Every week, we give a time of what? Prayer and worship. And so our next one is simply prayer. And now, I'm going to define prayer to you guys as intentional time with you and Jesus. Just talking to Jesus. And I love that, that prayer does a couple things for us. The first thing is I believe it builds faith in our hearts. It says in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Well, the word of Christ could be, one, the Bible, but two, it could be giving time to potentially speak to him. When God speaks to us, man, how much more does our faith rise? How much more do we feel edified? How much more do we feel encouraged? It builds faith in our hearts, and it propels us to do so much more. I think of the life of, of Abraham and how he communicated with God, the life of Moses, how when he spoke to God and saw him face to face, that when he spoke and listened, he knew that he could do things. He knew that the, the, the sea would split. He knew that they would inherit at the promised land, right? Even if he would never see it, it built faith in his heart. And I love that 
In 1 John 5, 14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the second thing that prayer does is builds confidence in our heart, and we know we can be encouraged because God's desire is for us to, to, to get those things if it is in his will. And we understand if it's his will because we talk to him, we've read his word, we're in prayer, we're communicating with him. And I feel like our moments of prayer here with us as a team are the things that are building faith for our hearts. You guys all have different circumstances at home. Maybe your family lives are not the best right now. Or maybe when you go to school, it's not the best right now. But these moments, I really believe that if we give God an opportunity to speak, which we do, that he will speak faith into our hearts and our circumstances can and will change at the Father's will. I believe when we are active in our word, we're active in prayer, this third thing that we need to be consistent in just comes naturally, and that is obedience. John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. How many of you guys have ever been in love? Maybe some of you, maybe it's pretty fresh, but when you like a guy or a girl, you'll do anything for them. You'll go out of your way. You'll, you'll go buy them flowers. You'll be the weird person who's looking at flowers when they never did before. And the whole world just seems so much more beautiful, but you're willing to do anything for that person that you love. And the Bible makes it very clear that if you love Jesus, if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. If you're wondering what his commandments are, we can go into that more and more and more. But you can also find it in the Bible. And in James 1, through 25, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We can't just read the word. We can't just hear from God. We have to do what he commands us to do. And I tell you, I've done things outside of the will of God. We're imperfect people in progress. We say it every week. And those things, they didn't satisfy my heart. They never made me feel like I was accomplishing the things that I needed to accomplish. But I'll tell you, the moments where I felt the most joy, the moments where I felt the most authentic love, the moments where I felt the most used by Jesus, the most compelled to go tell people about who he is, are the moments where I obeyed. Remember, I'd never wanted to go to New York. I never wanted to do ministry there, but the Lord told me to do it, and he spoke it, and he kept pressing it in my heart. And when I finally did it, I felt the most joy that I ever felt. I never wanted to live in Southern, Southern California, but the Lord called me to do it. And when I did it, I, I, I felt the most in love with him I ever felt. I learned about community. I learned about fellowship. I learned about what it meant to give up everything. And when God called me to San Jose, I didn't want to leave my friends. But I felt called to do it, and I tell you right now, I'm growing. And I'm feeling the weight of his glory more than I've ever felt it before. 
And so my heart would be that we wouldn't just be men and women who pray and read the word and, and obey, but we would be people who are so consumed by the presence of God. That's why I give time for prayer and worship. That's why I give time for the word of God, but that's why I also give time for the fun moments after the games and stuff like that. Because what I believe all these things are doing, they're building in our hearts faith. They're building in our hearts courage. They're building in our minds just the ability to understand how God operates. And now we can't live our whole lives being inconsistent in these things. What happens if you do not send a snap for a day? The streak is done. It's over. It's dead. It no longer exists. What happens when you finally lose a soccer game or, or anything, your season, you now are defeated? Now, there's a reason why you feel defeated. It's because there's no victory, right? And that same kind of mindset is you're looking for answers. You're looking for God to come through. You're looking for God to do these things, but you can't do it unless you understand his word. You can't do it unless you understand what he's speaking into your life because that's what's going to give you peace, and you have to obey him in those seasons. Now, I'm not saying that your disobedience is by any means hindering God, but what I'm saying is his heart finds joy in the faith that we bring to him. There's two times in Scripture where God was in awe. It was because of their lack of faith, and then he was in awe because of their great faith. And so I'm just thinking, man, we could be the next generation who, who seeks the heart of God and goes after his will and falls so in love with prayer that we, we think, man, okay, well, I don't know what to do with my life, so I'm going to go and pray and ask God. That would be our first kind of thing that we do. Man, I don't know what God, maybe your friend would come up and say, hey, man, what does God think about homosexuality? What does God think about this? What does God think about that? And your answer wouldn't be what your, what your earthly mind could conceive, but it would be, oh, man, I just, I want to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says because the Bible is true. And then when God would come and speak something to you, like, hey, go tell that friend on your campus about Jesus, about me, about what I did that you would be quick to obey. That these would be the markings, the things that we cherish the most. The things that bring us closer to Jesus. The things that bring us closer to joy. 